It's the afternoon cruise here on Jazz 88. I'm so honored to be speaking with one of the true icons of the jazz world, saxophonist and composer Kenny Garrett. Mr. Garrett is making his way through town for two shows on Saturday over at the Dakota. Mr. Garrett, thank you so much for taking time to chat with Jazz 88. Oh, thank you, Chef. Now, Mr. Garrett, you bridge generations in this jazz world. Can you start with the Duke Ellington Orchestra under the leadership of Mercer Ellington and stops with folks as iconic as Miles Davis, Art Blakey, and more. And since you launched your solo career, you've been one of the most revered and consistent composers and performers in the jazz world. Albums like Songbook, Sounds from the Ancestors, and many others prove that you aren't repeating yourself and you aren't even really repeating other people. You continue to break new ground for decades upon decades. How do you stay fresh? How do you stay imaginative and keep on giving these great albums and performances to the jazz world? Well, you know, so many of the, uh, the elders and uh, that have inspired me is always to say uh, a homage. If you really check out a lot of my records, they're a homage to uh, a lot of the uh, mentors who touched my life. And I'm, I'm always inspired. You know, I'm always trying to um, to make the, you know, the ancestors proud. Mm-hmm. And for example, my first record, Introducing Kenny Garrett, which I had with Shaw, uh, I always felt it was important for the elders to be on the record. That way you can get a sense of, of, of where you are and where you, where you stand in that line of, of uh, up-and-coming musicians. And so I'm just always ins- I'm inspired because every day there's a, it's, uh, it, the music takes me on a different journey. I can try different uh, genres and different, you know, uh, different genres, different um, um, collaborations with different people. So I'm always just open, you know, to you know, trying to get better. That's that's an, the right spirit to have, and it's it's beautiful. Now, in addition to the way you've reached back and and connected with elders and honored elders, and I'm thinking about the tune Brother Hubbard and other tunes where you've given shoutouts. You've also been really uh, respect more than respectful engaged excited and and you know like employing many people in generations younger than yours and I'm thinking about that recent tune Hargrove from uh, your recent record um, and I'm, I'm curious as somebody who who has always made sure to look back but also seems to look forward how do you make sure to cut that balance to to, to pay homage as you mentioned but also to to move forward well I think you know it's interesting about about the past. You need the past to understand where you can go. Uh, you need the future to keep moving that way you don't stay stuck in the past. Uh, so I think for me, I'm just always trying to, I won't say be current, but I, I just try to be, uh, I guess, cognizant about where I think the next move is for me. Mm. Uh, I get signs about, okay, well, this is what this next project should be. Or oh, I feel that this is the time for this project. It's, it's, it's just really a feeling I have sometimes just to kind of keep moving. But I also realize it's important, you know, for us to, like I said, pay homage to the, the elders, but at the same time, you have to move forward. So it's one of those thin lines. Well, how far back do you stay and how far, I mean, how far up do you move? So I'm always kind of balancing that. And, and balance it, you do. It's Jazz 88. I'm talking with Kenny Garrett and advances some shows this Saturday over at the Dakota. And Kenny, I want to ask something of you about, uh, I'm going to compare something to Prince, which is talking to some of the guys in Minneapolis who spent some time playing with Prince. They mentioned that 
it's a pretty good business card if your previous band leader was Prince. People go, ah, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you can probably hang in my band. And there's a gentleman, a drummer, who's doing quite well in the jazz world, and I was friends with him in the early 2000s. And actually, one of the ways he got on some gigs was almost becoming your drummer. Like, he didn't quite make it when you were looking for a drummer, but he was like, yeah, man, I was, I was close in line to playing for Kenny, and that helped him a lot. So you, uh, you know, the best finishing school in the world of jazz was Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. You were involved in that. But a lot of folks have come up under your leadership, have come up under your style, and then have blossomed. How do you make sure to cultivate the folks in your band and, and, and make sure that they develop and go on to greener pastures and also excel when they work with Kenny Garrett? Well, I push them to their limits, just like my mentor, Miles Davis, did. You know, you push them, you know, you, you, uh, you, you push them, you encourage them. You also challenge them. You challenge them to, to do things that they wouldn't do. Uh, the drummer, Ronald Brunner, who's uh, coming with me to Minneapolis, is one of those drummers who, uh, who played with me in the beginning, but he's gone on to play with Prince and Marcus, Marcus Miller, just to name a couple few, George Duke, Lauren Hill, just so, so many people. When he was young, I kind of did that. Also, Chris Day, who was living in Minneapolis for a while, played in my band also. So I, I just make sure that I expose them to the music that I like and uh, hopefully they'll get those lessons from there and they'll go on and play with other people. But I've been fortunate that a lot of the drummers have actually gone out to play with a lot of people. And not only the drummers, you know, pianists and, and bass players also, you know. So it's, uh, it, I, I used to joke with myself, they wait until I, I get them where they need to be, then they come and get them. For case in point, of Chick Corea took one of my drummers, you know, uh, Marcus Baylor for the Baylor Project. And of course he was looking for Ronald. So I, I, I feel honored that I'm able to bring them in and, you know, to kind of let them play. I think, you know, take the handcuffs off of them and let them play and let them find their voices like my, like the elders did for me, like Willie Shaw and Miles. They let me play and let me find my way. And that's what I let them do. I let them find their way through it, but still challenge. Okay. You know, try this. We think about this different things, you know, so it's, uh, it's just passing it, passing it on, just like you know, the elders passed it on to you. Now, Kenny Garrett, there's a new record coming for you in mid-April, and your team was nice enough to share a tune that we're playing this once and then getting ready to uh, get into rotation when we get a little closer to the release date. Uh, so we are going to be closing uh, with this new tune, Miles Running Down AI. And I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that tune right before we play it, but I do want to ask about the new album in general at this point. What's the thesis statement? What are you excited about with the record? What can folks expect from this new record from Kenny Garrett? Well, I can't say a lot, but I'm, ex- I'm excited that, that my, my fan, my core fans, and, and hopefully new people get a chance to hear me in a different, uh, different context. The project is, is more like a side project. But I, I I like, you know, that I'm able to, to, to have an empty, empty canvas and I can paint a little differently than I would maybe do under different uh, you know, other circumstances. You know, like a, a case in point with like Sounds from the Ancestors, a lot of people were surprised that I understood what was going on with the, the newer generation. I think for me, I'm, I'm, my ears always, you know, my ears already to the, always to the ground and I'm always trying to find a way. But in this record, I just want people, you know, to, to listen to it and, it's uh, 35 minutes worth of music. Uh, you know, sit back and enjoy it. You know, just in any circumstance, if you clean up the room or anything, you'll hear something new every time. It's going to be, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited that, you know, my fans will hear me in a different setting because I, I do a lot of things with, you know, with Google Jasper Taz and uh, Q-Tip and uh, Bruce Hornsby, Sting. There's a whole different uh, different artists, you know, that I play with. So I don't only just play 
uh, yeah, as I kind of really study, I kind of practice with the idea of being having being versatile. And so, I mean, this record, you know, uh, Who Kill AI is really about that. So uh, one of the tunes, like you mentioned, you're going to be playing is who, who uh, Miles running down AI. It's really just kind of the vibe. I kind of envision Miles actually playing it something like Coachella, you know, at, at that point, you know. And it's just like, because back during this day, it was, it was Woodstock, but now we have Coachella. So I kind of, you know, heard that song kind of reflecting on that. And hopefully they invite me to play. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've been chatting with Kenny Garrett. I, I, we will get to that tune. I want to take a quick detour because if you ask me any time to list my top 10 jazz songs of all time, compositions, I would put Sing a Song of Song on there. It is just uh, a, a song that gives me so much. I was curious, like, how you wrote it and uh, you put it together with an incredible group of musicians, including Jeff Tane Watts and Kenny Kirkland. May he rest in peace. Um, can you tell me a little bit, just as, as a huge fan of that song in particular, can you tell me a little bit about how that composition came to be? You know, that's a good question. I'm not even sure if I can remember. I know that a lot of my songs that I write five minutes. <laughs> Those are the ones that people seem to like. Uh, there are a whole bunch of them like that. There's Wayne Thing, there's Happy People. Now a lot of people like to play Hard Road. It's, just, it's a whole bunch of songs. And, and I'm, I feel fortunate that I'm, I have a group of, of songs that people like to play. Because, you know, two of my mentors, Miles Davis and Cooley Williams, used to always tell me to write my own music. So I'm, I'm really excited. And not only that, when we come to play in uh, Minneapolis, I mean, people coming to hear the music that I play. I mean, you know, we, every once in a while we play standards, but mainly we're playing Kenny Garrett's music that you know, I've been developing over the years. But how I, I, I came about that song, I think the bass line came first. And I just kind of heard, heard the melody. The melody came, like I said, the song was written about five minutes. You know, uh, so a lot of the songs I know that when I write them, there's a lot of production. People like them, but it's not the same as a song that was written in five minutes. It's just like not something that you have to go into. The melody pops out. And I always wanted to be one of those composers who wrote melodies where people could hear the melody and say, it goes like this. So when I was younger and coming up, I remember I would try to sing the song and it was like, ah, look at the bit, bit, bit. And, I, and they were like, well, what is that? I thought, oh, that's the rhythm. So, but they couldn't remember the melody. So you can remember, you remember those. So you can remember those melodies. So I was always, you know, cognizant of trying to at least write a strong melody. And sometimes it's about the melody, sometimes it's about the harmony, sometimes it's just about the playing. But in that case, that's what that was about. Did you, you take it a very different way harmonically during your solo. Did you know you were going to go there into sort of a different scale during your, you know, I believe Kenny Kirkland has the first solo. And then the, the, the texture of it really changes when you step up. Was that in the plan when you're at that studio getting ready? Or is that something that came to you as you're navigating the actual take? Well, that's something that comes when you navigate it. But I think, you know, the, the, the sound is based off of a, of, a, of a scale that I actually learned from Woody Shaw. You know, it's, it's like a sharp, it's what we call like a sharp five kind of sound. I heard that sound when I was playing, and that's probably where I went to more like a Middle Eastern kind of sound. But I've also, you know, studied a lot of Middle Eastern music and Turkish music and Japanese music, Chinese. 
I just, you know, study all music. Kenny Garrett, it has been a, a distinct honor to speak with somebody who I hold in such high regard, and the Twin Cities feels the same, the world feels the same. Uh, you and your unit are coming through town to play two shows on Saturday over the Dakota. Uh, we're going to close with this tune, Miles Running Down AI, which comes from a project that's uh, slated for release in mid-April. And earlier in the conversation you were talking about, feeling like this tune is some sort of imagination of Miles Davis at Coachella, which is a, a beautiful image. And, I, I, you know, anything else to say about the tune before we press play on this and wish you good luck on Saturday, my friend? No, just enjoy it. And we'll see you at the gig. All right. I thank you so much, Kenny. And we really appreciate you and looking forward to the shows on Saturday. Thank you, Sean. Hope to see you there.